Hello and welcome to the Squeaky Bum Time Podcast with Mike and Ron. An episode that almost didn't happen. Uh, it is Friday, February 3rd. Fourth. Fourth, the other one. In this episode, small-time U.S. men's national team win the Honduras and try and freeze them to death. And we welcome back real football. But first, Mike, discuss CONCACAF, please. Uh, Tell us what the status of what just happened over these three days. We already love Canada for our European friends. We're not going to go too far into Canada again. But for our friends from FanHub, we have to talk about our American stuff because, you know, you would talk about England, right? This is okay. well, this is the thing. Ahead. This is a big deal because and I'm not going to do the Canada love thing. I'm wearing a USA hockey hat and we are way too close to the Olympics for me to be <laughs> chummy with the Canadians on anything. Fuck you. We're coming for the gold medal in hockey. That's the only sport that matters even a little bit. And it also still doesn't. But you got me on this one, you dumb fucking Canucks, because you're going to win CONCACAF. And it's not going to be particularly close. And 1986. As, was that the last time? Last time they were in the World Cup. Jesus. 1986. That's the hand of God. Yes. So Canada was in that World Cup. I think I think their actual their their magic number is three, uh, and they get to play Jamaica at home in March. So let's just stop. There have been eleven games of the final stage of the Concacaf World Cup qualifying, and as we detailed on the show many times, three teams get automatic bids. The fourth place team has to play a team from the other side of the world. As it stands currently, if you haven't been watching Canada. After 11 games with 25 points, seven wins, four draws, and zero losses. The U.S. is on goal difference ahead of Mexico for second place. They're tied with 21 points. The U.S. has a nine-goal difference. Mexico has six. Now, this is actually where it gets interesting. Panama currently sitting in that precarious fourth spot with 17 points and a one positive one-goal difference. Costa Rica, the Ticos, have gotten their shit together. They sit in fifth. 16 points with a one goal difference. So they're one point off, right? Yeah. It's tight. It's going to be really close. There's going to be three more games each. Wait. Wait. And? Is it uh, squeaky bum time? It is squeaky bum time for CONCACAF. Because what's going to happen in March? It's almost like like a Pee Wee's Playhouse where we have to. (laughs) (laughs) So we, we should practice that. So I'll just start saying it. (laughs) <laughs> when we see the internationals next, it'll be March. We have no idea what type of form, health, injuries, COVID, anything is going to be going on around the world, but specifically around the U.S. and Mexico. And those are the two teams, as usual, that are going to make CONCACAF interesting. Canada's gone, right? It's the, they're, they're not free. the they're same through. interesting. Yeah, they're, they're through. through. They need one more game. And even if they get zero points from the, the last three games, which, again, yeah. they're hosting Jamaica – so they're going to get those three. Yeah, they play yeah. Panama, they play Costa Rica, and they play Jamaica. So those two games, Panama and Costa Rica are fighting for their lives. They're dangerous teams. And the I say US, that. I mean, we boil it down, right? U.S. have to go to Mexico. Very well, that's what I'm saying. I say that because Mexico is hosting the U.S. on March 24th at Azteca. The U.S. has won at Azteca maybe Once. twice since the War of 1812. It is yeah. not a good scenario for the yes. Americans. Basically, they haven't won since Trotsky got a spike in his head. They did win once like five years ago. Yeah, I, I re- know it. Yeah. I remember. No, no, that's what I mean. I remember it. Yeah. Okay. Yeah. It is that rare of an occurrence. Now, if they the go Panama there and they get game, a point. The Panama game is the game. If they go there and they get a point, 
then it's a huge honestly it's as good as a win for me because you keep mexico from getting through you stay exactly yeah, yeah, on yeah. par with them yeah they difference and all that a draw and, and, really and for the uninitiated uh think of azteca as basically Denver, Colorado, with the they they play all of their national games there. They do it because they have a home field advantage. They train at a high altitude. They force you to come to play to them. And I think it's actually higher altitude than Denver. Well, let's um, let's let's actually take a step back. Yeah, it's one hundred ten thousand people, and it is raucous. It is oh, beyond well beyond any. It's more like it's more akin to um, the River Plate. Uh, 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 yeah, okay. match in Argentina than anything in Europe. Well, it's I just meant the close. physical conditions, right? Right, so, right. But it's but in terms of like the crowd, it's it's partisan versus Belgrade. It's like right, right. And and they, I mean, and not that this is all that unique to the uh, the European world, especially the Eastern European world. But they literally, and I, they have a an away section that is um gated with barbed wire and they basically throw bags of piss into the uh the opposing fans i have a number of friends who are like i gotta go to azteca for a game no like, you know your fucking mind dude are you crazy because even if god forbid we get a result out of there you're getting stabbed 99 99 fucking percent yeah 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 i have i have an anecdotal story that just two women i know who are from san diego and went down there oh they you know in college for fun they're just oh let's go to a soccer game it did not feel safe no, no, <laughs> it was crazy. So, so anyway, that's the U.S. story. The story is well, hold U.S. On. Need, the story... need four from three, right? But the the other two in this are with Costa Off. Rica and with Panama, and one of them's on the road. I'm forgetting which one at the moment. They go Costa to Costa Rica, Rica, Costa Rica, and in the final game. Okay, so let's play out a scenario. They draw Mexico, which again would be a great result. Then they're on 22 along with Mexico. What happens? Costa Rica probably loses to Canada. Panama Not beats Honduras. Here. There's there's nothing that says that Canada is is a lock still. They've been good. Sure. They've been playing but, but, well. But for all but they intents could, and purposes, but it is Concacaf. They could lose to Costa Rica. It they is most not certainly could. But for all intents and purposes, content. they they lose to Costa Rica. Uh, they they beat Costa Rica, right? So so Costa Rica effectively has really one leg left, right? But Panama yeah. beats Honduras, which means that the U.S. hosts Panama. In what's effectively a knockout game, because then you've got the U.S. on 22 and Panama on 20. If Panama wins that game, the U.S. drops to fourth. You don't. And what did I tell you about fourth? That means they play somebody from fucking Japan or Oceania or somewhere the fuck across. The I world. don't know if it's if it counts Japanese Japan. Japan would be through from Asia. It'll be someone I know, like. But my point no, is, but, like, that but, but let's let's put it into context though. It'll be someone is, is like you have Trinidad and Tobago too teed yes. up. You have yes. to go to Costa Rica, another yes. hostile environment, and you have to not just get a result, not a draw. You have to go win. beat Costa Rica and hope to God that Panama gets done in by Canada. You have to there's hope a, that Canada does you a favor yeah. at that point, and they're going to be celebrating. They're yeah. not going to be there's giving a, shit because the, the, they're going to be this, through I, I don't – I don't I, – I think TNT 2018 was a once-every-200-year event. It was like a – a snowstorm where everything went wrong. Like of course. the United States can mi- lose these games and back in, right? Things could go break their they way. They could, yeah. But I mean, they, they could. Need, like, three draws isn't going to do it, but it'll be if they draw two. No, and, I would and, say three draws does do it because it keeps Panama off the board. Yeah. So anyway, it's intense. It's a lot. It's exciting. My thing with it is this actual game that just happened, and it is. An indictment again on U.S. soccer 
It is a mentality thing. It's not respecting players. So for those who don't know, the United States played this game in Minnesota. For those of you from outside of our purview, basically they played a game in St. Petersburg outdoors as a U.S. qualifier on purpose on, when on, they didn't have to. On February 1st, 2nd? Yeah. You know, Russia's not playing right now. They went to the coldest place you could go. It was minus five degrees, so that's zero for the Europeans, below zero for, for Celsius. No, is that? Do I have it right? Let's not it's, do that. It's way negative. Against, anyway, way, it's really Honduras. fucking cold. Sorry, it's against way Honduras colder. It's like minus 15. Excuse me. It's minus 15 Celsius, something along those lines. There you go. Really, really, really fucking cold. The U.S. gets dispensation to play these things. It's a mentality thing where you're supposed to be the better team. We've got all these young guys playing in Europe. Weston McKinney's in Juve. Pulisic, our Lord and Savior, is supposed to be at Chelsea. He's faffing about. Weah's playing in Europe. Old Aronson's at Red Bull, is at, is at um, Leipzig. Good, good players. And we decide against Honduras to be like, we need to play the elements because this South American team won't be able to handle the cold? Bullshit. What kind of fucking mentality is that? We can't beat them? We're never, the United States is never going to be a good team until they go, we'll play on any fucking field. Give us the best, give us Pasadena. Give us California, 50 degrees at night, perfect pitch, and we'll play you off the fucking park because we're better than you. Not this, let's try and freeze South Americans like it's 1990 and it's college kids who are from Chicago and 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 middle-class colleges. The kids that are playing in the United, men's national team are playing in Europe's top level. They must think this is a fucking joke. Like, I play for Chelsea where I play on fucking pool tables. And you guys want me to play the ice bowl like John Fashenda is going to fucking come on and it's Ray Nitschke and blood. I'm making nice. fo NFL football references. Don't mind. Say, that was good. Nah, 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 nah. Anyway, it's absurd and it's pathetic. And until, and the players know it too. They must be like, we did the, well, you froze my ass off for fucking Honduras. Right. Like, you didn't think we could do this. That's what I'm saying. What if it's Panama, if it's Costa Rica, because they did that with Colorado, uh, that was like almost Jesus, almost ten years ago. The yeah, but the, we like, weren't weak. The snow, the snowball, but we weren't. I don't. It made sense then, in some way. It we made sense because we were. That was the embodiment of the team. It was scrappy, and it was it was basically saying, "Hey, th this is this is our general winter. This is yeah. us taking our Clint home to the Dempsey in the snow fighting. Oh, that was makes a fun memory. sense, like." The team had the ethos of Dempsey, a forgotten, overlooked kid from Texas who was way into hip hop who had no right to be, right? <laughs> you know, it was weird. It's like, I who, do is miss this, who is this gunslinger, right? He was very much a Brett Favre kind of as a football player in a sure. weird way. Yeah, like he almost took on that mentality. But this team now is professional, high end, high level. Like, we need to play at the best level to blow teams off the pitch. Technical is the word I would use. Yeah. Or, or 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 masquerading as technical, right? Yeah. So the problem that's, with CONCACAF is that I it's, mean we won it easy. It wasn't really a big deal, but the problem know. with CONCACAF is that technical has almost you never need worked. You do need both. You need both to qualify. You need grit and 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 Englishness, Steel. if you will, to to get out of CONCACAF. Yeah, as well as some talent, but you can't do anything on the world stage without the clinical nature and the technical ability to compete. It is it is tricky, right? It is so, tricky. Yeah. You both you need fight and you need to recognize your opponents and match that. Again, it goes. Listen, 
the English are not the perfect way to play football by any means. But there are some cliches and axioms that I think are true. It's like, you earn the right to play. Let Honduras come and kick you. You fucking kick them right back. And then you get to play like, oh, they're not fucking around. I thought McKinney embodied that. And I think that the big takeaway from these last three games is Weston McKinney is the best U.S. national team player. It's not Pulisic. It's not close. Um, Yeah, but it's the physicality. He, He, I think he embodies more of an American ethos than the slip of a man that is, that is Pulisic who can't really stand up to the fight really. I mean, he gets on the ball and he does things and he's out of form. He's taking too many touches all the time. I'd rather the team run through McKinney Aronson and that fighting mentality versus Pulisic's technical classy, I, I, he, he's much more of a, like, he should be playing for Sevilla, I think, at this point. So, I think the problem with Pulisic is that we're playing him in, like, he actually reminds me of, like, the, the post-peak Delhi because he's, he's his heat map, if you had to probably look at it, and I haven't, but, I, but watching him play, he's sort of weaning into areas he doesn't necessarily belong. He doesn't want to be there, yeah, yeah, yeah. Right, and so that becomes, he, he inherently becomes less effective. Right, right, but so, at, and the U.S. men's national team, he needs to come for the ball and be able to be heroic. Correct, but maybe he doesn't. Maybe he's not the hero that we were all looking for. Um, I don't think. I don't think he he's not. I just you know, I. It, but you're right. I, wanted, I think that I, McKinney I is more wrong. of the engine than he is. Uh, McKinney is more of the engine, and Pulisic still to me is more often more of the finished product. Yeah. But but I think in the in the end product I should say. But I think that you know one can't really necessarily survive without the other in big games. You no, can. But we need without... the, we need we need them all. It's not one or the right, other. Right, right, right. What I'm saying is is that you can like you can put Pulisic to sleep on the sideline against fucking Honduras in the in the goddamn frozen tundra. But you can't do it against Canada. You can't do it at Azteca against Mexico. And you sure as shit can't do it if God willing you get out of Concacaf and you go compete on the world stage. So I I don't. I, I did. I, I did. I don't know really where to go from here. With, with I did like team. Pepe. I did think he got some good shots off, or at least tried, or took chances that he could. I thought Wea with McKenney on the wing, they had a really nice give and go where they cut through the team. I thought that was really good. I mm-hmm. still don't trust Burholter. I still don't trust the unity within the squad. I still don't feel like if we make the World Cup, if we got out of the group, that would be an event. Uh, yeah. I think. I still think that. The goals are missing. The creativity is missing. The consistency of performance is missing. And if we lay one of those eggs that we did, like, I guess it was it, was it first half Honduras or first half Costa Rica, where I was like, this is the worst soccer I've ever seen in my life. Yeah, yeah, yeah. Um, and then the second half was totally different. But like, if any of those things happen, there's going to be embarrassing games where like really good teams will put five on the US. Easy. Oh, oh without question. Because their back line is suspect to say the best but um as far as assuming they get to the world cup i think that this is more or less a building cycle for 26 when you do have the host ability to you know grow it a little bit more have the maturity of the mckinney's the Pulisic be the effectively elder statesman you hope at that point and have four more years to bring younger guys along gio reina is a guy we haven't heard a lot in a long time yeah he's been out he's again also a slip of a player we need these guys to be a little bit bigger and so a little bit more athletic but I'm not. I want to go back to it because 
I think about the form that the U.S. was in. We talked about it on the show over the summer. They beat Mexico twice They in two cup finals. Terrible. No, no, no. I understand. But it, it, it felt like for a moment that this was the reclamation. This was the reckoning of 2018, of Trinidad mm-hmm. and Tobago. This is them putting that in the rearview mirror and saying, look, we're not going to go out there and say we're going to, you know, make a deep run at the World Cup. We're going to be the kings of CONCACAF only to have their neighbors to the north completely so blindsided them, right? So I mean, you talked better. about why in the last episode, right? But um, but I'm worried because I, they're not going to get a win in Azteca. And if they don't, <laughs> if they lose to Panama, they have a tougher, meaner, more difficult Trinidad and Tobago win or go home in Costa Rica. I don't see it. And that's the first time, like, like, okay, 2018. And I felt so horrible for Pulisic because he felt like that was on his shoulders and it wasn't for a second. It was on the dying carcasses of a Clint Dempsey, right? Of a Josie Altador, of a Michael Bradley. But at the same time, you have to think about this and say, no, this one's on, on, on you now, Chris, like this one's on you, Weston. This one needs to happen, right? You can't have effectively you're in second place right now. You have three games left against all against contenders. Mm-hmm. You need to go stake your claim. It's not like saying if you don't win the 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 Nate the region, I should say, if you don't win the federation, you don't get in. You, you've got three spots. They're gonna like make. Said, they're, they're gonna be fine. I, I think. It, I don't the think whole, so. The whole thing is it's gonna be squeaky bum time. It but, is. It already is. Woo woo! We transition. We transition. Wow! There was a league <laughs> that we were following that disappeared, and now it's back. Thank There's God. only one game in the Premier League. Yeah. Burnley versus Watford. They're finally playing. Thank and wait, God. Roy Hodgson is the coach of Watford. What? Incredible. He is 75 years old. He's still got the fight in him. Uh, very strange appointment. Uh, Watford have made bunches of deals. We're not going to go too deep into Watford, but they they tap into the Pozo family. I think they own 47 teams across 37 countries. Um, <laughs> and they just find guys. So they they probably have a completely different team by the time we watch them. But they still have Dennis, uh, Joshua uh, up front. And um, and and they still have your boy, Musa Sissoko. Well, I think you miss, but you don't realize it. Uh, he's, you know. Um, I don't. Do you miss him <laughs> getting into really good spots and then shooting it over the bar? No. I don't. I, I I miss the Twitter jokes. I guess I miss being like you know seeing. Oh yeah, he shot the light out. Like uh, you know, Rosie. Uh, we we um, do no. we do we do find this as the moment of redemption. This is a if Burnley are staying up and they have a they have they still have a decent amount of games in hand. But this is one of them. They've got to get these. I mean, this is got this to. is the six pointer that you right. need. And they did move uh, Chris Wood out to Newcastle, but they grab Wild out. They make $10 million. Cornette's probably uh, not injured anymore. I like Cornette. I'm happy to see him. But really, it's not Premier League week. It's actually FA well, Cup. Wait, wait let's go round. back. And let's talk a little bit more about this before we jump into FA okay. Cup. Because as I look at the standings, this is an elimination game. One or both teams will get eliminated, I feel like, or relegated. Because either way, if Burnley wins, then they have a, a shot in the race, right? Because like I mentioned, they have those games in hand that puts them up to 15 with the best goal difference of the group, yeah. the, of the four, right? They're, if Watford win, then they're actually out of the of the relegation zone. But if they draw, I feel like they're both sentenced to hell, right? Yeah. Like, I feel like they're A done. draw is bad. Yeah. So yeah, for, this for, could be a really entertaining game in the sense that somebody is going to need three points. Yeah, and it's Saturday, 10 a.m. Pacific. Oh, I can't do the math. 1 p.m. Eastern? 
Maybe yes, I got it wrong. That's correct. Okay. Yeah, so it's a great time frame. Check it out. <laughs> so that's a good game. That's the relegation battle. That's one of the things we have to fight for. But we and the have rest of the league. FA Cup fourth round. What? Yes. Crazy town. We have Man United, Middlesbrough tomorrow. Uh, Middlesbrough with our friend. Um, oh, God. Well, who's the Sheffield United coach? Chris Wilder, Wilder and yeah. his overlapping fullbacks. He's taken over Middlesbrough. And uh, once again, you find out that that guy's actually a really good coach, especially at the championship level. He's moved that team forward. Friends from Brighton, they have on loan Aaron Connolly. I know you guys mm. all know who he is. The striker who couldn't score, who's Neil Mope, probably bagged his girlfriend and did the, his wipey wipes to her. And now he has now been moved on to Brighton. I feel like Connolly and uh, Mope are just like, corrections of each other they can't both be on the same team at the same time because they're both trying to do terrible things to your lady one in french style and one in the irish bartender voice style Connolly being the irishman both evil both keep away from your ladies because we know what they're up to um uh we have the great and powerful kitty minster harry kitty minster can't talk about kitty minster enough i think they're the lowest ranked team they're playing west ham west ham uh, not feeling good about West Ham. They this did not game. add anything to their team. They should tank this game and walk, become the story, and leave the FA Cup. <laughs> yeah, they should. Yeah. But this is do this not is play likely, your big boys. This is likely to be a game where West Ham goes. This is a a, a circling of the wagons for West Ham, right? They're going to yeah. be like, okay, we're going to take care of business against Kitty Minster, who I love. They and cannot I hope. Play, if they play Mikel Antonio. That is bad. No, or I agree. Declan Rice. Neither of those two should play in that game. Um, well, because they've got Watford three days later. Right. Uh, Chelsea um, play Plymouth Argyle. They get a buy. I mean, Plymouth Argyle. I don't even know what that is. There's something about socks. They have a green logo. There's a boat on their crest. I don't know anything about uh, Plymouth Argyle, but I do have an insight. You ready? This will it. be the first meeting between Chelsea and Plymouth since 1989 when the Blues ran out 1-0 meters in their second-tier match thanks to a winning goal from Kerry Dixon. In 1989, little did you know that Chelsea had been relegated and they were not in the top flight. In and the there you have it. It was that the is... last campaign that Chelsea did not compete in the top flight of England. That football. is what you guys come to Squeaky <laughs> Bum Time for. Tidbits like that. You're welcome. Uh, I mean, yeah, we're just yeah. throwing we them carry out on. every week. We carry on. One thing I do want to talk about, I do want to talk about my team playing Fulham at home, uh, city fans are hoping we see kids. I don't think we're going to see kids because I'm re ready for the stat to blow your mind. Blow it. Fulham FC of Craven Cottage of West London by the River Thames are the top scoring team in all of Europe. Wow. By a 10-goal margin. They Ooh. have scored 75 goals. The next nearest competition in the championship has 45. Uh, the next nearest team in the top five leagues in Europe is Bayern Munich on 65 goals. This is a fucking machine. And please, Marco Silva, <laughs> please, behave yourself. Just please keep Marco Anatovic away from your wife, your kids, your children. Oh. At this level, he will fuck you up. He has 27 goals. Yeah. <laughs> this is like... He is Lewandowski of the championship. They also have uh, Fabio Cavallo, a new son of mine from the championship, 17 years old. He almost went to Liverpool, but he stays at Fulham. So City will have their hands filled. It's all a question about whether Marco Silva plays the big boys and says, you know what, Manchester City, you want to fuck with me? You want to dance? Let's fucking dance. I think he might. I think he might. <laughs> so uh, what I'll be watching for is if Nathan Ake is in this game, 
we're losing. <laughs> Take the over. Take the over. So I'm is actually that one of your, wait, is that one of your plus a thousand specials then? Oh, it might be. <laughs> I have to look at it. Uh, I will. I like Fulham in this game. I believe, you know what I do like? I, I like the draw and City going through on penalties or losing on penalties. How about that? <laughs> yeah, I would, I would actually say Fulham on penalties. So yeah, Fulham are like a machine. And that's for my friend Andy, who is a big Fulham fan, big US men national team fan, the Ginger Ninja. He stuck with Fulham because of its U.S. men's national team uh, connections. And he hasn't let them go. He's all Brian McBride. He's all the rest of those fucking clowns. And now he's stuck with a team that's owned by a guy who put a fucking Michael Jackson uh, fucking statue outside of the stadium. Bless your heart. And they had to remove it, Saeed Khan. Uh, And you now own Jacksonville, and you're going to be in trouble because you hired a white coach. Sorry, NFL. You're getting weird. Um, More from the FA Cup. These are, I'm telling for my English fans, you can ask us questions. I'll explain all these things another day. (laughs) Uh, Peterborough QPR, that's a championship. Peterborough at the bottom of the championship. QPR, a well-loved team from London. Wolves, Norwich, neither of these teams want to be in this competition. But I think Wolves will look at it as an opportunity for a trophy. They could win. No, yeah, Wolves very much want to be in this competition. And I think this they win this going away. Um, interested to see who runs down the wing and uh, pulls a Musa Sissoko, frankly, with Adama <laughs> Traore uh, off to Barcelona. Uh-huh. But, yes, um, we, we say goodbye I to our friend. I haven't heard a lot of good news, and I haven't heard it recently, to be fair, about mm. our friend Pedro Neto. He was supposed to be, and that's a gruesome knee injury that he suffered, and it was it was surgery, and I think he had a setback. But his initial, look it time up right frame, now. his initial time frame was mm, – early my late late february early march maybe Mm. um so he could be somebody who factors in by the way tremendous player for wolves last year but it's a calamitous knee injury that's not something that you just snap back from right maybe they maybe they know maybe they know he's coming back sometime soon i i would be more pessimistic on that i think the last update i i saw neto still out yeah, no information he, on that. Oh, that that breaks my heart. He was such a great player for Wolves last year for Nuno. Um, oh, I hope he does well. I hope he gets better soon and gets back on the pitch because again, with, that's what I mean. He was the void. He was the guy to fill the void that Traore leaves, and he can shoot. Yeah, so, but they have Potence and Trincao, so they should. No, be I know okay. they're not. They're not. They they're should not totally be okay. void, but um, he's he's better than both of them. One thing to keep in mind is there are players. Most players are returning from Afcon. We would love to have covered it. We did not watch it enough, but we do get the Mane versus Salah final in yep. Senegal versus Egypt. Egypt played a horrendous 120 minutes of fouling each other and went through, I believe, on penalties. So AFCON's going on. I'm glad the more games that the fucking Liverpool clowns miss, the better. Hopefully they both get injured because I don't care about my fantasy team as much as I care about. Yeah, you have both of them. (laughs) Winning the Champions League. Um, I don't know what's been going on with that team. I haven't looked in quite a while. So uh, we continue. Brentford Everton. This is a fun one. We may Mm -hmm. see our friend Erickson. I don't think he's ready yet. Everton. This is an opportunity. I think Frank Lampard can't fuck around. He's got to try and win this thing because he's got to get hearts and minds on his side as quickly as possible. So I alluded to Delhi earlier in the show. Yeah. I think he can play a big part for this Everton team that's sort of stuck in neutral, but only if Lampard lets him be, for a lack of a better term, a cunt. 
Let him yeah. go out there. Let him be the Delhi of old. Let him stay in that second striker position. Yeah. I saw something today where um, he showed up to his first training with Everton in a $300,000 300,000-pound Rolls Royce. Oh, like, no. No, 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 no. That's the deli you bought. That's the deli you want. Trust me. No, you want I, him to be a motherfucker. If he's a motherfucker, he's going to be effective. The issue I see for them is they have two midfielders who have to play for them to be successful. Sure. I think that's Allen and DeCore. Mm-hmm. How do they then fit in Ali and Van Der Beek? Van that's Der Beek? right. Yeah. I, I yeah. don't I don't have the, the answer. But what I'm saying is if you're going to get anything out of Delhi, and it may be at the behest of the team's success, so that's But may, maybe he just plays off of – and then you have Richarlson playing. Put out, well, he's going to be – he's more of a winger. and He's just a shit Aubameyang at this point. You yeah, know? but he's much more fun than Aubameyang. Yeah. Young. yeah. I like him better. So we carry on. We, we want to check on that game. That's just to see what Frank Lampard does with that team. Then, of course, a game that is pure hatred for me. Stoke City must defeat Wigan. I've never hated. There are teams that I hate, and Wigan is one of them. They can go fuck themselves for beating me in the FA Cup and knocking me out three times. Will Grigg, I hope your face is on fire. Go on, Stoke City, you fuckers. And then Southampton, Coventry. I got a soft spot for Coventry. They wear sky blue. Oh. But they play Southampton. Southampton could win this game and feel like they're moving in the FA Cup or not. Uh, Crystal Palace play Hartlepool. Hart- this, yeah. Hartley Pool. Oh, they have a they have a little boat uh, insignia. I kind of like that. That's fun. Uh, but I don't know much about Hartley Pool. But they're in the FA Cup. Enjoy it. Have fun, boys. You're going to Selhurst where things get crazy. Cambridge, Luton Town. Don't know what that means. Oh, the big one. And then the biggest game, and, and I'm biased, obviously, but this is by far the best matchup. Tottenham Hotspur against Brighton Hove and Albion. Oh, God, it's it's the it's, it's the mini, it's the mini it's Dushiko. It's the baby Dushiko. Baby it's the Dushiko, junior Dushiko. Yeah, <laughs> yeah and um, you got to oh, think that Brighton come into this game in better shape. Uh, there's still no Sonny. There's still no Romero, although Romero is getting close for Spurs. I like, I like, Neil Mope in a late winner. I do. I, I just, <laughs> I, 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 there's no reason to, to feel confident about, uh, God. you know, unless, unless Kulisevich and Betancourt go right into the team, which by the way, might happen. Uh, Are you ready for this one? Go for it. Tottenham Hotspur striker Harry Kane has scored 11 goals in his last FA Cup appearances, last 11 appearances. Oh, with yeah. Each one coming in the last four as a substitute, including Spurs third and fourth versus Morecambe in round right, but, uh, yeah, three. But, like, come on. <laughs> Listen, uh, you know, and everyone listening to the show knows that I will back Harry. And I, I, There's that meme where it's like, who would you defend this player with? Like the huge, long, like war and peace level text message. I will fight for Harry Kane every day and twice on Sundays. However... That's a ridiculous stat. He's scoring against Morecambe and Wickham Wanderers and all these bullshit teams in the God early rounds of the FA Cup. You lucky fuck. There's so, no Basuma. That's right. That's right. No Basuma. So that actually, yeah, okay. That's a big hole in the middle. But yeah, I think, I, would I be surprised? Basuma would have no. fucking eaten you guys lunch. Oh, yeah. Awesome. Oh, yeah. He's been playing hit or miss, but I think that they're going to they're going to sell him on. He almost went. Uh, you're linked to Lamptey at 65 million already. Yeah. I'm like, mm, yeah, that's yeah, a yeah. crazy number. Have they but ever? Have they ever heard Daniel Levy speak 65 million for a for a, a four back? foot three? Come <laughs> on, dude. That's like that's like a million pounds per inch at that point. Yeah. First right? of all, are you fucking kidding me? I like this game. It's a clash of styles. Um, Brighton will be without Burn. 
they should go for this. There's no reason for them not to. No. Because no. they're not going down. They're not they're not in trouble. They want to push for the top 10, but they could just as easily get another round of the FA Cup. For Spurs, they might want to play some people just to see what's going on. But I don't get the sense Conte is a skipper out on events. So I think he'll play his best. They've been off for a while. No, Conte be- will chase trophies, especially at a club like Spurs, who hasn't had one since the fucking depression ended. But like, he and I remember he 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 took Chelsea on a run. I think Wait, his last. They year. haven't won a cup since Neville Chamberlain gave up the Czechoslovakia to Hitler. Right. Yeah. <laughs> 1991 is their last real trophy. Oh, 2008 wait. was the last Carling Cup. Oh, sorry. That is... was uh, that was Gulf War. That's not as fun. Nobody cares about the Gulf War. No. 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 But no. let's finish Nobody it out with the three team, three three last games here, and then God knows what else we're gonna fucking talk about. <laughs> There's always shit to talk about. What? Yeah. <laughs> I I lost my page and lost my. It's game Liverpool and Cardiff City. Oh fucking. And no. Liverpool still without Mane and Salah, as you said, but uh, more than fine. enough in the tank. They're um, fine. They're fine. Does these are Diaz games, these are games that, These are the games that they win. Does Diaz get a start against for Liverpool? Maybe. But we have to remember the way Klopp works. He does not integrate guys quickly. And right. if you think about it, it has been a good it – took, it took at least 10 games for Fabinho to even get into the side, maybe even 15. Nabi Keita never really integrated. Minamino's working his way through. Jota took half a season. So it's not likely – that Diaz is just going to pop right in and take over. I think your regulars will get in. Your regular gangs will pop in. Uh, I don't even realize who's not in this, which is pretty funny. So I didn't see Arsenal's name, and I didn't see Aston Villa, which is pretty funny. Uh, Leicester do play Nottingham Forest. That's a Midlands battle. And, of course, we always have a soft spot for the old Nottingham Forest. Two European Cups. They wear the Mm. stars proudly, and they have been in the wilderness of the championship. I think they're like Leeds now. I think they've been in a championship now. It's got to be like 20 years in the second division. Just a ridiculous number. Like, they can't seem to get out. Oh, here's the, here's the tidbit. You ready? This is only the third instance of Nottingham Forest drawing Leicester in the FA Cup after a round one tie in 1901. One by Forest. We all remember that. <laughs> one by, yeah, big, big game. Big game. In a round and a round three tie in 2012 with Leicester progressing on a replay. Something to remember, there are no replays and there's mm-hmm. no extra time. We go to penalties. No ties, no draws. We just kick on and don't stop till the party drops. Mike, game. What, game, what game are you watching? Uh, well, I'm watching Spurs-Brighton, obviously. Uh, I like Nor- Wolves-Norwich just to see what that uh, that new formation for Wolves, what that, that Traore list uh, mm-hmm. formation for Wolves happens mm-hmm. to be. Um, and I'm waking up for Kitty Minster versus West Ham. Come on, Kitty Minster. <laughs> what about you? Oh, the Harriers. I will try and watch United Middlesbrough because Schadenfreude is my favorite thing. Middlesbrough is going to come. And Chris Wilde, who got the 1-0 fucking win at Old Trafford, his best win. He's going to take his That's boys right. in Middlesbrough back up there and do the fucking Tyneside proud. Come on, Middlesbrough. Yeah, I love to see go. United lose. And then I'm really intrigued for my City-Fulham game. You know I love the championship. You know I like to see my sons play. I've always loved Mitrovic. He weirdly looks like my autistic brother in France who's 15. Shout out, Mathieu, you weirdo. Um, <laughs> such a, my, my brother's really weird. He's 16 years old. I don't know what he's doing. But he looks like Mitrovic if Mitrovic was a tiny French kid. Um, 
And so I'm looking for Fulham to see if they score. I can't imagine City will play, will get a clean sheet, but we shall see. I want to see if some of the kids play. McAtee, Cole Palmer, Liam DeLapp. Is he ready? Is he back? I missed him. He's my guy. This feels like a game where they're either drawing or losing uh, early second half. And does Pep open the war chest? Does he bring on the thing is, that's not how that's the thing is with City, that's not really how they work. Like, if they're behind, they don't normally come back in a weird way. Like, they do sometimes, but sometimes the comebacks come from Cole Palmers and stuff like that. So it's a little bit weird. It's sometimes a disconnect. It the the key thing for me is if Nathan Ake is in the side, I'm fucking running to hell. He's not a bad (laughs) player, he's just not as good. If Nathan Ake is in the side, you're taking you're taking taking the over. Yeah, and then of course, I mean, I have to. I mean, Brighton Tottenham is just gonna be is gonna be my my dream game. I mean, yeah. I, you know, I I do feel bad about how much I love Brighton, and I I have to. I have thought about it a lot, and really, it's really Potter love. It's Potter love. I know it. It comes from their Europa League run when they played, they played Arsenal and beat them in the fucking northern reaches of the Arctic Circle in Sweden. And I've never stopped loving him since. And once he came, and then when he took, when he almost beat City at a two 0 lead with thirty sec, with with twenty minutes to go in the FA Cup, when he was the coach of Swansea, when Swansea almost fell apart, and Aguero came on, I was like, not so fast, my friend. And City yeah. won three two, which was one of the incredible moments. But you know, Potter was good then, and Pep was like, holy shit, who the fuck is this guy? Uh, I'm looking forward to it. Uh, I think that you are in trouble, and get ready for a lot of Cucurella. The man is fucking incredible. Oh, no, I'm uh, not. Just yeah. be ready for it, Tottenham fans. When you lose yes. this game, don't feel bad. Just go, that's the guy we need. <laughs> yeah, right, exactly. Uh, I mean, I'm not. it's been weird that I go from Spurs to the U.S. men's national team and then back to Spurs. So I Oh, it's like Spurs. It's a, like Spurs all over again. Yeah, I've not had a reprieve from the shit. Uh, quality that I've been usually watching. Here's speaking of shit quality. Um, the Spurs lawyers office chimes in with some uh subpar, <laughs> some subpar job performance this week. Obviously, they had wanted Luis Diaz. Uh, they did not get him. Liverpool. I know him, this story. This is him. a great yeah. story. Yeah. So <laughs> they go out. They finally get Dayan Kulusevic, Kulusevsky, excuse me, and Rodrigo Betancourt from um uh from Juventus. Juve. Right. Um. Fun fact, drawing up the papers, Spurs lawyers sent Betancourt's agent and his his team documents with Luis Diaz's name on it. Oh, good. Good job. Does the transfer the not wrong, transfer not? So they went, hey, we are really excited about you joining our club. We're so excited that we are going to send you documents of a player we would have rather had than you. <laughs> Welcome to London. How about this one? My understanding, I saw some story that the Diaz negotiation started at 80 million pounds and Levy drove a fucking hard-ass bargain, got it down to 60, got it down to 45. And at 45, Liverpool were like, we'll jump okay. in at 45. <laughs> yeah, we'll jump in at 45. <laughs> thanks, thanks for bringing the price down. And that's all, that's all that the other side of the negotiation wants to do at that point. They just want to fuck Levy over. Wouldn't you? Right. You're trying to give me, I said, here's the price. And you're trying to give me literally 55% of that price. (laughs) Why wouldn't I give 55% of the price to somebody who's going to hurt you? Now I'm going to take a $20 million bath just because fuck you. That's why. And that my friend, they probably could have had the guy at 50. 
easy. That, my friends, is part and parcel to being a Tottenham Hotspur supporter. You have to watch shit like this, though. How can you? The thing is, I think you can be that way, right? Like, I see other teams' recruitment, and it's good. Like, Brighton's recruitment is good. They find weird dudes. You just have to accept that. Cucurella, the second string left back from Espanol, is going to be your guy. And you have to go, all right, I trust them, I guess. I well, I mean, that, that comes from with a whole new bag of fucking landmines. And it's <laughs> to say, like, we talked about it on the show. I think that was the episode I did by myself. You, as Tottenham, if you go in for a player who's between 40 and 70 million, you can't miss. You can't have that guy flop. So that's where I understand it from Levy's perspective this fucking much. But anytime you're negotiating with a club, like you just said, between that range, there are no, you're not the only ball player in the ballgame. There are other teams that are interested in that player. So the minute that that wheelhouse becomes more um, appeasing to you, well, guess what, idiot? It was already appeasing to the other half of the yeah, fucking the, league. The, yeah, the competition for players, especially at the top level. I like if you think about let's think about it, right? A player like Diaz. It's not it's not just the top four. It's not just you it's not United, City, Liverpool, Arsenal, Spurs. It's those five mm-hmm. plus Leicester, plus Aston Villa. Everton. Everton into a lesser right. That's eighteen. And by the way, assuming they stay up, Newcastle. Now, yeah. Now. Yeah. Right? So it's only getting worse, not better. Right, and, and then if another... you fuck around, you're gonna lose, guys. You well, gotta find of... new. You've gotta like I, that. Spurs does not have a real academy, not some bullshit thing. In every state in the U.S., is just ridiculous because it costs oh, nothing. Yeah, 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 yeah. Right? Yeah. Where you no, just yeah. like, like that's what Barcelona does, and mm-hmm. just make money. Yeah. Like, City does a really good job at that. It's a revenue generator. They use the NYCFC. Like, if Levy's such a good businessman, steal the NYCFC model. Like, yeah. buy an MLS team. Well, you can't now. They're too expensive. But buy a USL team. They cost dick. And it's yeah. just as good. Anyway. Yeah, it is. Um, <laughs> anyway, and, USL, and speaking... this USL season starts March 12th. I will be at there SD, uh, Landon Donovan. SD does not stand anything for Donovan. Uh, I'm so happy to be at the Church of Football live, uh, not freezing my ass off. But uh, that's exciting. I'm glad that football's back. I'm glad you're here, Mike. Uh, and we made it to episode 140. Yeah. That's, that's a lot. It is a lot. <laughs> that's a lot. That's, that's a fuck ton, though. Fucking show. <laughs> but uh, I'm going to wrap it up, Mike. Give Let's me the get cue. Out of here. Let's get out of here. That was the Squeaky Bum Time podcast with Mike Salerno and Laurent Cortines. We are the football wing of the Chop Sports Network. Who are fucking kicking ass. Respect. They are. We record on Tuesdays and Fridays, so be sure to subscribe wherever you get your podcast so you never miss an episode. I haven't checked if people have been writing reviews. You better write a goddamn review because we need them. Thank you and good night.